What it is, what it is, it's your boy Beard Gang Jody, the Bearded Point of View podcast with my co host as always. Yo, we got yo. Chef Tay, we got it my is. man Catfish Ralph, aka the Booty Eating Wing Man in the building. <laughs> bro, why you gonna pull that out? You, that's, you been your, bro, that's been your name for <laughs> the long booty, time, bro. Booty Eating Wing booty Man. Eating you know what I'm saying? But uh, we missing the conservative Bernie, aka Business Bernie. Um, yeah, business done, day. They done, got, they done got my boy with the vid. Yo, you what's up? Instagram live. Tell what's me going man. on? What's going on with Tell the live? With the beard point of view. You know what I'm saying? We got a uh, uh, um conservative that got attacked by the by the wrong dog. Yeah, yeah, got him. He ain't got no symptoms or nothing. They got a cold for real. Like a, like a slight. The nigga got a dog ass headache, bro. That's dog it. ass headache. That's yeah, it, okay. He cool uh, though. He cool. Get well, conservative. You know. Uh, um, topic pack uh, episode. This is episode twenty four. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna get into some serious topics, some light topics. Y'all know we always come with the jokes. But um I got a a, a question I wanna ask y'all fellas off rip. Fifty million, fifty million with an M. Right hook from Mike Tyson, no glove. Pause. For sure. I'm for sure doing that, bro. I'm not tripping, bro. Like, let that nigga knock cause when I wake up, I'm fifty million up, my nigga. You might not wake up though. Bro, you're not gonna die off one punch, man. Chill out. This nigga not understand. I mean, you can defend yourself. Joe, no, take that no, punch. No, you stand straight, hands behind your back, clean right. Bro, <clears> you <throat> can still, you can still receive. Like, you bro. can still brace yourself for it. I want my Instagram live followers too to to to, to answer this question. Fifty million dollars, you taking a right hook from Mike Tyson? Hey, bro, I'm doing that bro. for sure. That's definitely man, that's no brainer. What are you talking about? So you are you you shitting me? You think you're gonna die off of one show? No, you're punch. not necessarily necessarily gonna die, but that nigga for sure a clean. He gonna rattle some shit. That's what I'm getting. All new mouth with fifty million. <laughs> all new chin with fifty million. I'm gonna take your chin and put it on my face for fifty million. You're not even gonna remember that shit afterwards. Yeah, bro, I might be a little concussed, but I'm getting my fifty. I'm million. talking CTE, bitch. You're not getting CTE off one punch. Are you crazy? It's off repeated hits. Are y'all, are repeated y'all not hits. understanding what Mike Tyson do to niggas? I know what Mike Tyson do to yes, niggas. I'm 50 guess million. What? I'm taking it. And guess what? To Mike Tyson right now? Old ass Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson to right now. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's, that's a quick I'm a little more hesitant Mike Tyson than his prime. Yeah, Mike Tyson yeah. right now? Bro, he, that punch not coming Not the cocaine him, Mike Tyson, but the weed Mike Tyson. I'll take that punch. Bro, I'm taking that. Bro. Y'all niggas tripping. You ain't taking that for 50 million? You sitting here, t- so you, so you just gonna just all right? I give you a better question. Fifty million. Fuck it. Fuck fifty million. Would you rather Mike Tyson clean punch to the face, or you gotta look the opposite way? Ray Lewis full speed hit you blindside. Oh shit! Ray Lewis all day. See that you're dumb because that's immediate like spinal damage. Yeah, Ray Lewis gonna clean your He's ass gonna, up. You're gonna be paralyzed. What you talking about? A right hook from Mike Tyson, nigga liable to snap your shit. Right. Not if I know that bitch. Unless you tell me I gotta be blindfolded. No, I'm saying you stand. Oh, no, no, I ain't doing it blindfolded. No, you standing you know right I'm here, saying, bro. You can receive. You can. You, you can brace for that. You hit. can brace for the hit, bro. You can lock tight your jaw up, all kind of shit. And you still gonna get your shit. Yes, yes, yes bro. You fifty million, million up. up tomorrow, nigga. Oh, New Bugatti tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, never buy a Bugatti ever. You gonna got you gonna get your third Birkin tomorrow. Joe, Joe Bur- hey, that's what I know. Joe <laughs> a big Birkin bag oh. right ass nigga. Joe wear purses. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He already made it very clear last good, episode. Good man, bag. He, man, listen, that nigga Joe wear a crossbody clutch. Clark of <laughs> You got a little backpack one. Crossbody clutch. Yeah, crossbody. With the fanny pack. With the fanny to match. 
and he eat hot Cheetos with cream cheese and he pat his weed. Oh, so y'all just making me out to be an Instagram bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe is uh, the <laughs> Instagram. Joe got lumberjack neck with thought tendencies. Instagram bitch. Joe, I'm just saying, bro. You admitted the last episode, right. bro. You said you had three. I'm looking Americans. at the bag right now. Where the bag? Where's that, bro? No, I'm just playing. Cap, you cap. got the bag upstairs. Oh, hey, stop the cap. <laughs> you got stop the bag, the Joe. Cap. You know the bag we upstairs. Got, we got another sponsor this hey, week. Stop. Every week, I'm looking in Joe's pantry and finding <laughs> outlandish, <laughs> outlandish fucking sponsor. Cream of mushroom right. soup. So last week we had stovetop stuffing as our sponsor, thanks to Joe Glenn's pantry. This week we got ragu, the big big bottles. Hey, we got we the got big, the big. Jars. Hey, 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 we got a conservative on the line. Hey, oh, get in this. I'm about to, I'm about to, hey, to tap conservative Bernie in so he can join us. Yeah, he can join the pod until we, you know, we got a special guest later on this episode. But yeah, so while we wait for some conservative to get uh, uh, dialed in, you know what I'm saying? Um, we, um, we, um, talked about Mike Tyson, the right hook for Mike Tyson, 50 mil. So to, to piggyback off of that, we got Jake Paul. We good, we good, we good. You good, you good, you good. No, 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 we good. We got Jake Paul um, that's brought Mike into a fight for $50 million. Is it Jake or is it his brother? It's Jake. Jake can actually buy. I think he, okay. The one that, the, the one that was fighting. Uh, the one that didn't knock everybody, he didn't fall out. Jake Paul is fighting Mike Tyson. $50 million. He about to get his shit rattled. But see, so like when Mike fought, um, when Mike had fought, um, 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 what's the old other nigga, Roy Jones, Mike basically had, um, they had put a no knockout clause into that fight. I think Jake would be smart if he put that same clause in there. Cause if you unleash Mike Tyson and allow that nigga to just go crazy, he's going to knock him the fuck but out. But did you see what Mike said after that whole fight? He's like, he felt like he was back himself. He wanted to kill somebody. Yeah, that's like that's what I'm saying. You're the next person up. And it's a if he don't got a no knockout clause in that, you're gonna get. If your, he got a knockout clause, he gonna hurt. That no, boy. no, that's what I'm saying. It's a no knockout clause, meaning they can beat. He can beat him up, but he can't like really go yeah. in for the kill. Man. That's why I asked y'all: Are you getting in the ring with Mike for fifty mil? But how much is he paying him to take the fall this time? Who? Because you know all the other fights rigged. Oh, Mike ain't taking a fall for no money. He he, Mike papered up. I don't know. You know, they 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 made a good amount of money. I don't think Mike. I don't think Mike gonna take that fall, bro. Bro, let me tell you about this nigga Jake Paul and his brother Logan Paul. Them niggas funny as hell though. Good for them, bro. I'm so, I'm over it with these niggas. Good for I them. They culture like, vultures to me. I'm fucking over it. They definitely culture vultures. I'm over it, bro. Like, cause okay. for me, anything, I'm I'm big on like respecting the art of something like some particular like lane or field yeah and i just feel like they've made a mockery of boxing with, this, okay. with, all, with all this type you know because it's, it's boxers especially with the floyd mayweather shit right it's boxers who've been doing this shit since they was kids take it serious put in right. hours of work and like really gave a fuck about all of it you know what i'm saying and and been you know for years that they aspire. One day I'm gonna fight a nigga like Floyd, or one day I'm gonna be on that big card. And for these niggas to be able to just throw money at it, it's it's you know what it is. It's a classic story of white privilege. It's a classic white privilege story, bro. Agreed. And that's the bottom fucking line. These two little rich ass white boys basically bought themselves into stardom. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they're buying themselves in arenas that they have no business being in. 
Granted, yeah, he got a couple of little knockouts and shit like that. But everybody but, he fighting like, but who's he fighting? forty pounds smaller who's than him? Who's he fighting? You know a what I'm saying? Like, than him. Who's he fighting? Twenty years older. That's what I'm saying. He's not fighting no real hitters in their prime. He's not doing none of that. You know what I mean? So that's right. why I'm just like, and everybody knew the whole Floyd Mayweather thing. There was a no knockout clause, and there was a lot of bullshit with that. Like, right. Everybody know that. So I don't know, bro. Floyd that definitely shit, that shit is corny as fuck to me for real. For sure. For sure. So, but I mean, on the on the flip side, they is bringing value back towards boxing, right? They, 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 they listen, lose value. It right? has lost value. It has lost a little. The heavyweight division, the heavyweight, heavyweight division. But okay, but every there, there's pockets of what divisions have their yeah, yeah. their peak. You know, for a while it was heavyweight. Back back in the day, it wasn't heavyweight. When you had you know the, the smaller guys boxing, you know what I'm saying. So it just depends on what era, what what shit you in, but. I don't think boxing has necessarily lost its value because you still paying that chicken for them big ticket fights to watch the yeah, on pay per view. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So, but look at look what he did though. He came in and made forty five million in one year. Good on him. Good on him for being able right. to find so, the finesse. He fought the finesse. He fought the finesse. Yeah, I give. I but give he that. basically, my thing is, he bought again. It's like okay, I'm gonna give a prime example, and this is very very drastically different, but on the same lines of just this white privilege. You go to an all-white school, right? Yep. You're a black guy. You're a young black quarterback. And I, I know this happened, happened in my lifetime. I've seen it. Young black quarterback goes to an all-predominantly white school, goes out for the football team, fighting for competing for a position up against a little white boy whose parents is booster parents, show up to every practice, <laughs> donating buku cheese to the program, all of that. Who do you think will get the spot? The little corny ass white boy who can't hold a fucking jockstrap next to that black kid, but that black kid gets slighted because he don't have the money backing and he don't have the money behind him. The little white boy come right in, parents paying all that fucking money, he gonna get the spot. That's what I, that's that's the Jake Paul Logan Paul story to me, right? Because these niggas, yeah, they got they look they had their YouTube popping and all that, but what allowed that to happen when they was younger, when they was young kids? They they had money. They they were a family that had money. Their dad is the one who funded a lot of that silly nut ass shit they was doing to become right. YouTube famous. And then when so, they got the YouTube bag, they got the YouTube bag and all that. It just it's a lot of money behind them. Right. So it's a classic white boy culture vulture white privilege scenario to me, which is why I say I don't I don't watch none of them dumb ass fights because all that shit to me. No, is I'm, I'm not. I'm definitely. They're definitely not getting my forty nine ninety five. That's what I'm bro. saying, bro. I watch this bullshit. Scream that shit. Right, I scream it from somewhere. I, I watch the results the next day on YouTube. Man. Right, just or the highlights because I mean yeah, I just want to know. That's all you want to see is yeah, highlight right. anyway. But no, so you know, transitioning from that, y'all checked up uh, that movie, uh, Look Up or Look Down, whatever it's called. <laughs> oh my god, Look, look Up. Classic. That shit. That shit. Low key funny. It's 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 hilariously sad. It is, and it has some very, you know, um, I think very key, you know, eyes wide shut type things in the movie where a lot of modern day folk ain't really paying attention to it. But overall, I think that shit was a dope ass movie. It was. It's just it tells a it tells the story of like where we are as Americans, and also it's a lot of Trump trolling on there talks right. about how he right. was able to get motherfuckers to just get behind these these things Dumbass that were thing. so fucking asinine <laughs> and didn't make any sense. Again. They brought a lot of comedy and a lot of light to a very sad and true hit-home-ass situation. Because it's truly, like I said, bro, we live in a world right now where the sky can literally be fucking purple and motherfuckers will be cheap and just follow along and be like, no, yep. the president said it's blue. I'm going to say it's blue. There should be purple in the motherfucking 
highlighter green. green. Shit, you know what I mean? Shit, motherfuckers gonna look up and see a meteor and be like, no, nah, it ain't no meteor. Bro, the part that got, the part that got me is when his wife caught him cheating, <laughs> and that nigga knew he was with a baddie. Yeah. <laughs> that nigga was like, hmm. but but that whole shit and that whole shit though, it just like I said, they tackled a bunch of different. They, they tackle people being sheep and listening to whatever the government say. They tackle motherfuckers as being so oblivious to just life, and they mm-hmm. tackle how they're able to buy people and get them to be to get them to push certain messaging. Yeah, right, with the whole more, the way that news, yeah, kept, you yeah. know what I'm saying? All yeah. that. For those of you who didn't see it, it's a movie about a Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio and um, I forget the other chick's name. The but basically, from who they, they, the they're, they're, these two scientists discover this meteor that's beelining towards the world, the, the, the earth. And when they start putting the information out about it, the government does everything in their power to convince the rest of the world that these people are, so they painted this picture of them that they were crazy, that they're insane, made them go off the grid, made them do all this wild shit. And it's just extremely, it's extremely like, and, but then what they did was they, you know, they conquered and divided. So it was two scientists. They took the one scientist, made her seem like a fucking nutcase. But then they took the other scientists and threw them a bunch of money and put them on TV right. and got them makeup artists and hair stylists and had a fine fucking, bitch on. Yeah, they had him fucking all the news anchors that was pretty and shit. And before you know it, he, uh, shit, he fucking was not, he was out of the shit. Then he finally realized, like, damn, this shit could all, this shit really is real. And they convincing me that to, say, to say otherwise and get on this bandwagon. And then it got to, and the whole purpose of Don't Look Up is, they kind of trolled the whole Trump situation where he would put out this messaging and then have the whole world chanting that messaging, no matter how fucked up and wrong it was. <laughs> so right. this president that they had playing the president in the movie started the whole don't look up campaign because it got to a point where you could literally see the meteor in the fucking sky. And it was basically and she saying don't look up the shit. world to not look up at the damn meteor so that they wouldn't believe or panic that they was what the world was about to fucking end. Right. That's crazy as hell. But John even see the, the multi-layers about how the the rich guy that had the, the rich, cell phone exactly. wanted to, you know, profit off of it. He was uh-huh. reeling a risk, blowing up the whole world. Hey, for that profits. was weird. Yeah. And well, then. Weird. That, the whole idea, Joe, was that they were saying he was no. autistic. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was Tesla. Yeah. But you didn't even see that at the end, the rich people got off the planet and left everybody else to yep. perish yep. after they fucked the whole planet. Yep. Yeah, I, I you, didn't want to get a whole man, movie away right off the My game. bad. Spoiler game. alert. Spoiler uh, alert. Start, finish, end, plot twist. <laughs> Up, down, yeah. you know. Hey, no, bring that no, content yeah, yeah. to you. But like you said, you absolutely right. I mean, it's bad at this point. You ain't seen it. Fuck it, because he's been on the rock, motherfucker. Yeah, it's been on the rock. The motherfucker been out for a minute. But yeah, no, Rob, you're absolutely right. And what the moment they found, and that that to me was a was kind of a ode to like what's going on with with COVID right now. Yeah, yeah. Kind of to circle back around to you know Bernie and everything. But it's like when it was at the peak of the height of its danger. It was able. They was ready to shut shit down, give away free money, give away aid, all this. But now that they see how much it's affected the economy, no, I for not a single ounce of me believes that they're ever gonna let us go back into another shutdown. They're gonna just keep letting no. motherfuckers die, yeah. and they don't care because at the end of the day, you know, once shit starts to affect the bottom line and, and big business, the money they don't care. At that point, to these people, it's survival of the fittest because they are they safe. Know, they safe, like exactly. They they I'm, they are willing to kill off the world for profit, which is what that movie showed. 
And the moment that that prophet shows that it's not coming, they got a backup plan. You better believe they got a fucking backup plan. Absolutely. You know what I mean? If you don't think they got a backup plan, you out your fucking... You, you out you, your crane. Yeah, you tripping. And it's going to be maximum maximum distractions, just like all the distractions in the movie. The media is just filled with just maximum distractions. Yeah, it's a good movie, though. It was, it was a solid. Movie. I liked solid it. Movie. And funny as hell. Definitely funny. Yeah, a lot of comedy. <laughs> Definitely funny. Like I said, it's, it's hilariously sad, that movie. It's fucked up. Okay, okay. So, what what do you think, though? My question for y'all is, which is one of the things that they really didn't attack in the movie, is, like, the racial divide. Because right. you got to know, in all this shit, black people view it a certain way, for the most part. White right. people view it a certain way, for the most part. And that's one of the things that they didn't attack in the movie. And I kind of want to get y'all's opinion on how y'all feel about, you know, just, I'm just going to say COVID and how some people... How people are reacting to it, how you have non-believers, and how you have some people who just believe that the shit don't even fucking exist. Okay, um, Ralph, you want to attack it? Yeah, I'll go with it. So, COVID definitely is this. Me personally, I believe the numbers are overinflated just to push narratives, and it's mishandled. The main thing is COVID is mishandled. If COVID had been actually a high death rate disease, we'd have been fucked. Because there was no action plan, no game plan. Nobody knew what was going on. They tried to suppress data. Let me ask you Ralph. That's cut you off. Are you vaccinated? No. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. Just but I have had COVID like two, three times. Mm-hmm. So it is deadly and, you know, it could kill you. But, you know, smoking a pack of cigarettes could kill you. Mm-hmm. We can get both get in our car, drive off, and both of us get hit by a semi-truck pulling out of Joe's crib. Hopefully that don't happen. Hopefully it don't happen. What about you, Joe? Um, I look at it. Okay, so... COVID is definitely real, first and foremost. Secondly, I think it's one of those things where it's man-made. Um, my, my, deep in my, my, perception, my perception of it, again, it is real, but I think it's man-made, and I think it was an actual tool to create. Um, I think it's an experiment, right? To, one, put fear back into the American people, put fear back into the world for the higher powers, the bottom line, to a to, to widen the wealth gap for, you know, the rich to get richer, the poor to get poor. Also, um, just the way I look at a lot of things. No, I'm not vaccinated. I actually personally don't believe in vaccinations because, well, I believe in them. It depends. And so as a child, we got eight vaccinations from birth till you graduate high school, you get eight, right? Mm-hmm. They got it's 16 vaccinations before kids even go to first grade. And even when we say the word vaccination, we, when you get your, your vitamin K shot as a baby, you don't get another vitamin K shot when you're 21. You only get one time because you only need it once. Your body needs to learn how to fight it once. You get your hepatitis A, B, and C. You get it one time, maybe two doses once when you was younger and one at middle age, and you don't get it again. You get your um your MMR. You get one MMR shot. You don't get multiple things for vaccinations. So when I hear the word vaccination, when it pertains to this particular virus or disease, it's okay vaccine boom you need a part a a part b this guy can only give you a part this johnson johnson's dropping just strictly one then i hear okay you need a booster now you might need two boosters now you need three boosters matter of fact we about to deploy pills so that you could just take a monthly supplement per month and it can it can help you um fight the thing then i'm hearing you say okay boosters on top well vaccine on top of the boosters on top of the pill and we kind of want you to get it because now you will have full around coverage of fighting against COVID. So it's just like, it's so many different 
angles in which it's being attacked. And I think it's not only being attacked for profit, but I think it's being attacked to separate. Here's my thing about the vaccine. So, but on, on record, no, I'm not vaccinated. Um, if you are vaccinated, great, more power to you. Right. You know, that shows, that's, hey, different shows, different books, that show beliefs. My issue with the vaccine is a couple of things, right? First of all, anytime you get big business involved, I'm always going to put an eyebrow up. Because right. at this point, it's for logically, profit. the way I feel about it is this. If COVID is one of the most deadly viruses to hit the world since the fucking plague, right? It's airborne. So that means there's real there's no real control of Excuse it. Me. Right? Um, that's my first thing. So for it to be that deadly and that severe, one would think that the government would say, you know what, we need to bring we need to bring the fucking Avengers of scientists okay, right. together and, and mean, come up with an amazing but I don't mean to cut you off with that, but you just brought up one of the main things that I said. They wanted everybody to quarantine when you get it for two weeks, right? And with this being as deadly as it is, and as many people that really did, we all know people that passed mm-hmm. from it. We know people that have had it. I think I've had it. I haven't been tested to have it. I've had mm-hmm. tests, but none of my tests ever came back as COVID positive. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact I had one on my 30th birthday when I went to Jamaica. There's no way I didn't have it. The way I was feeling all the symptoms, only thing mm-hmm. I didn't do is lose taste and um, um, smell. smell. Mm-hmm. But to get to the point so you can finish yours, if it was as bad as it is bad, but if it was like the shit, they would have just shut the because they said two weeks and the virus can't live. So shut the whole world down, supply the family instead of giving niggas money, supply everybody with the toolage to the food to survive for the two weeks, shut this bitch completely down, no movement for two weeks, and we good. Yeah. And you move forward, but that didn't happen. What happened was we're gonna give you a little bit, we're gonna supply you with money so you can go boost this fucking economy. Because if you think about it, when the shit really popped off, niggas was outside more yeah. than they was in the crib. Yeah, they were. I, I mean, like I said, I lived downtown, so Bel-Air was slapping. Yeah. Every day. The whole pandemic. As soon as the weather broke, Bel-Air was slapping. Motherfuckers were separated. They had their own little spaces. Right. But Bel-Air was slapping. So, no, what I'm saying is, though, so that's the first thing for me. If it was that like that on that tip, I, as just a logical fucking person, that should have been some shit that, like, hey, you, one of the best scientists in the world. You, you, you. Right. Y'all folk huddle the fuck up and, and get this shit the fuck out of here. That didn't happen. Right. It was like this company who sells baby powder, y'all got one. This other company that sells this got one. Right. This other Bitter company one. got this. Nobody's hey, sharing data in between each other. Nobody's sharing data in between. Y'all, hey, and, and leave, you leave it up to the people to decide which one they want to take. That's fucking nuts to me. That's insane to me. Something that's that deadly. Like, I put it like this. I'm trying to think of, of something that's that's extremely severe and deadly and whatever. Well, I guess all the fucking diseases got okay, multiple AIDS. sources, but there's multiple aid medicines. Like right. you know what I'm saying. But like my thing is, how have they not figured out? Because at one point, AIDS was this big plague of a right. deadly disease. How did they not figure out to this day, twenty some odd years later, haven't figured out a cure for AIDS or a cure for cancer? Oh, I give you one better: a cure for common cold. A cure for common cold. But they, nigga don't got nothing to take to slow up a stuffy nose. Or, and none of that. They, they got all the little bullshit out here, but they don't fucking work. They, they Best thing I found, I do, nigga, good ginger tea for a week. Pain that shit. Drink it like it's fucking going out of style. So that's the first thing for me is that they, they the way they handled the whole vaccine thing is like all these different companies can create a vaccine all of a sudden and y'all can choose. Then so-called the niggas who was supposed to be known for making baby powder, 
giving everybody cancer from baby powder. Y'all gonna let them make a vaccine, and motherfuckers is dying faster than the goddamn COVID is from their vaccine. Y'all pull that shit off the shelves, but a couple niggas still gonna go get it. That's weird to me. All that shit is weird as fuck. There you go. The second thing is, like you was kind of touching on earlier, Joe, chickenpox vaccine. You get chickenpox vaccine, guess what? You cannot contract chickenpox. You can't. Because you know your body knows how to fight chicken pox. You get all these other vaccines, you cannot get those diseases, right? Right. COVID vaccine does not stop you from getting fucking COVID. It helps you fight the symptoms. Allegedly. But you can still, <laughs> allegedly, but you can still get, that's why it drives me crazy. It's not a vaccine, that's why. That's my point. It's being it, pushed as a vaccine. It, it drives me crazy. It's a supplement. That motherfuckers be like, it'd be a rule for That's why I look at it. So like, they got all these, like at my job, there's a rule, it's like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask in a meeting. But if you're unvaccinated, you got to wear a mask. And everybody can still fucking get it. we can all it. still get it. So why wouldn't we all still have to wear a mask? That's shit's weird. Just because your well, going to be a little again, less severe it's, sep- it's separation. But that's, that's my the, point. Right, right. It's separation. They exactly. want to separate two, one two, from they two. They want to classes. Classes. You're the vaccinated class. You're the non-vaccinated class. And, and again, I think all that shit is propaganda because it's going to get to a point where, and they just tried to do it, but then... Supreme Court ruled against that shit, which was dope. Metaverse. That, huh? Metaverse. Okay. Anyway, they was going to try to say that you had to, in order to work in certain places, they were, certain corporations were like, if you had over More than 100, 100 employees, had to have you were allowed team. to mandate vaccines for employment. Just think how wild it is. The government is telling you what to do with your fucking with body. With your fucking body. That's, so that's, that for those, all of those Free reasons, but, for all of those but reasons. But yet, but yet, Danielle down the street can go chop a baby up. Well, okay. No, she. It's I, the same thing. I get you. My body, my choice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this nigga trying okay. to, he tried to go to the. He trying to get there. Yeah. He trying to go to the woody woods, shot it out. Anyway, but no, I ain't going to touch too much more on this vaccine shit. I just. It just blows my mind. I literally, and I brought it up because it's a money play. How much? I brought it up today because I brought it up because there's literally a, um, a restaurant I was looking into working at, and one of the powers that be at said restaurant, um, the, everybody else on the team was like, "Yes, we want that guy here." This one particular person was like, "Well, I'm I'm not comfortable working with someone who's not vaccinated," but that's weird to me because all your customers aren't vaccinated that come in here, right? You don't require them to wear masks when they're in here. You have an open forum, open style restaurant. So you're in contact with all these people. That's weird. Right. And that's my whole thing. People, it's like a, it's they're brainwashed with this shit Absolutely. as far as I'm concerned. Because the, the vaccine, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I'm waiting for someone to make sense of this shit to me. And that's you're my You're getting opinion. a vaccine for a disease that you can still contract. Why are you taking that vaccine? And then the thing that threw me is, is they said they you fired all the nurses in New York that didn't have a vaccine. And now it's a shortage. And, then, and, and now it's a shortage. And then the niggas, the nurses that actually had a vaccine, they can actually still come to work with COVID as long as they don't have... That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Wait, especially you, can come, so, you can come to... And the nurses can come to work. If they got COVID, first off, COVID was you get COVID, 14 mandatory. Then they dropped it to 10. Then they now said five. five. Then they said if you got the vaccine and you get COVID, if you, you can, don't have you crazy can, symptoms, you can still you don't have work. symptoms, you it's can still, still be contagious, though. And that's, that's the that's point. The, the Omarion is the most contagious one. The deadliest one is the COVID-19, yep. Corona, whatever. And then the Omarion is... Omicron. Omicron. The Omicron <laughs> is the most contagious boy. And then the Deltron is like, that one is a quick grab you, choke your ass out like baby boy. Uh, but the, another, another thing that to me that bothered me too was how much they talked about 
the deaths from COVID. Like right. Rob said, I definitely think they inflated the bitches, hundred percent. And people act like you can't die from the regular flu. Right? No, you can. People, act, but here's the thing: it's more deaths from the flu than they don't is. report the shit because Bingo. it's a flu. And if you, if it you, ain't going. If away. you have lung problems and you go to the fucking hospital and you get the flu. Chances are that flu is going to be a lot worse on you than it is going to be on someone who doesn't have lung problems. I'm asthmatic. I get the flu, I'll be fucked up because I'm already asthmatic. I get a common cold. It's almost like clockwork, bro. I get a runny nose, then I get stuff, and then I, my, the moment my throat gets scratchy, it's right. I call my doctor, hey man, I need a prescription for some prednisone because I know within a couple of days it's going to trigger my asthma every fucking time. It's like clockwork since I was fucking 10 years old, right? So my thing is, of course, coronavirus and COVID and all that shit is going to seem so much worse because they're actually reporting the deaths that come from it. If right. you, if if you, I saw this thing. And a lot of those deaths is not even necessarily Corona. There's oh, that's another thing. That's another thing. It's complications. They was, they was putting COVID nineteen on death certificates when that shit first hit because they, they had was getting nothing money. to fucking do because they was getting fucking they was getting paid. From the so like, so like, that's why it's too much bullshit in the game to me, bro. So, I can't, I can't get down with the shit. So, you know, it, about yeah, my, 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 my man Jordan, you know, um, shout out to Sugar Me Desserts. They, um, a lot of jobs are offering folks money to get the vaccine. I got the email three times this week. Biden, Biden and, and, and all the other, you know, um, government officials, if you will, was offering French fries. What? They were saying, you get the vaccine, you get free Wendy's French fries. That's the st- what demographic do you think that's talking to? You already know what they're doing. You see what I'm so saying? My thing is, is people are like, oh, you paranoid. You don't trust the government. Hell no, I don't trust the well, government. Well, no, you did the syphilis project on us. MK Ultra, you did whatever MK other Ultra. sick ass shit they didn't did. You told me, you told me to get on this boat to come over here to work and make money and build a country. <laughs> It's going to be a new land with all kind of good stuff. And then when I got a new land, I got on that motherfucker. You whipped my ass and raped me and killed my kids and cut feet off and threw me on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And at what point do I sit back and do I finally say, you know what? I'm not about to keep listening to you niggas. You know what I'm saying? I'm not about to keep listening to you niggas. You niggas is wild. I mean, they're never going to cure something that Pfizer can make $80 $80 billion off of in one year. There you go. The bottom line is government. I mean, the bottom line is companies look at things as the bottom line. When I was working at, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but my last job before I was at now, the niggas that's getting in Pontiac, where everybody in Pontiac is getting COVID from. So they was, I mean, it was like a sick girl. And I'm like, dude, she got COVID-19. Man, the supervisor looked at me and like, no, she just sick from the dust inhalation, from the construction. My man, my man, my man Jordan just said his job is raffling three $200 checks. For the shot? For the shot. If my you job, got the vaccine. Dropping not 200, $2,000. Three $2,000 checks if you got the vaccine. What? That's wild. That's insane. So, is there... So, speaking on that, is there a number that if your job was to give you that you would take no, the shot? absolutely not. Well, I, I was supposed I to go to... That, I was supposed, no, my job hit me with a, you know, hey, look, here goes 100 rights. I'm cool. Here goes 100 rights. I'm cool. No, because at that point, it's t- I'm I'm too nervous about this. <laughs> at that point, I'm like, wait a minute, nigga. Why are you so quick to give me this hundred racks? You want like, you you so quick to give me on. this cheese? I'm cool. Yeah, it's too it's too much. Yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. And again, is it's, it's just too early, and it's not. It's not even research. that it's too early though. For me, it's not even about being too early. For me, it's about you know 
just it don't sit right, bro. You coming if they would have like so I listened to a podcast, um, 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 flagrant to Andrew Schultz, right? Yeah. And he made a good statement. He said, if you made it seem like there was limited amount of vaccines, most people would have went out and got the vaccine. So when you look at it, when Jordan dropped on the 12th with the cool gray highs with the new lighter bottoms, it's only each store only got 10 pair. Niggas line up and be ready to spend five hundred on a pair. Pa- Paul, that's different. We're the no, light no. up, but bottom Jordan is. I'm there, just bro. talking don't, shit. Don't disrespect Jordan just, like that. So listen, but do you see what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. It's it's one of those things where it's like if they made it, if they made they it, made it seem like it was only a limited amount. Yeah. Niggas be like, hey, I gotta hurry and get that, and they would have ran out and got it's it. Scarcity is basic economics, but people are gonna Bingo. push back. Can I tell y'all what's up when you tell right, them what I'm to sorry. do. Anytime you tell somebody what to. do. Right now, if I be like, "Take get your ass up and go in there and uh, clean that room up," he's gonna be like, "What? Fuck you. Nigga, what?" But if I be like, "Hey, Tay, uh, you know, I'll give you a, a rack if we, if you go help me move that box over there." Tay gonna jump up and help me move the box. Absolutely, yeah, it's crazy as fuck. So I seen this funny ass meme. It's a restaurant meme. I'm on this restaurant page, and it was like, um, because in the restaurant industry, a lot of restaurants went to those like bamboo and like biodegradable straws and shit. Yeah, and it was like a picture of. A pile of fucking COVID tests, plastic COVID tests, and it was like, aren't y'all so glad we got away from plastic straws to save the turtles? But it was a, <laughs> like a beach trash with COVID tests, plastic COVID tests. That's funny as fuck. No, definitely. But that's the way this country works. We do one, we do one thing to help, and then definitely. do another thing to completely fuck the goddamn everything. Think about all and, the masks that was. And used. just so we you know, we don't get this episode took down. These are all opinions. This is not medical advice and or fact. These are, this is, hey, there you go. These are opinions. Sponsored by Stovetop Stuff. Sponsored by Stovetop Stuff. Cream of mushroom but, soup. So we speaking about what's going on in the, in the, in the, um, in the restaurant industry with the COVID and, you know, just the way that they're doing things. I know there's a few different things that you know firsthand as being, you know, one of the top chefs in the city of Detroit, Michigan. Um, what exactly... Um, do you see within the restaurants? Um, so uh, one of the biggest things, um, I've had to clear myself. One of the biggest things in the restaurant industry right now with COVID, um, is a you know uh, employee shortages is a motherfucker. Right. Real quick, what, real quick, real quick with the employee shortages. Is it really an employee shortage, or is the niggas just not wanting to pay niggas? Well, I was just, that was about to be my next point. Okay. So it not only is it a it, it's an it's an employee shortage, but it's also a wage shortage. Um, people aren't being paid fairly, but that's that's a whole nother episode in terms of uh where the minimum wage is in this country and how fucked up it is. You know, server and servers still get a sub minimum wage. Right. Because I which think is that was the craziest right. fuck to me. You I know think that I mean? was one of the greatest things with the pandemic. To be honest. I think a lot of Americans, a lot of people in general just understood their worth and what their value is to these companies. And they realized mm-hmm. that the company needs me. I don't need the company. Exactly. But yeah, no. So that's a big thing. Um, and there was a lot of false, a lot of false, uh, you know, people think, oh, I, I can start my own business. And it's like, yeah, it's easy to say that when the government is giving you a free 1200 $1, every two weeks and you can still get your money and everything. So. What up, Chef Don? What up, Chef Don? I want so for everybody who's tapping in right now, I had to tap in my boy Chef Don. Um, he's another black chef in the city. Um, that's very prominent dude is doing some amazing work, getting ready to open up a restaurant. So I had to tap my dog. I'm gonna get his mic hot real quick. 
right, we good. We got it. You got him on the mic. What up, Dom? Say what up to the people, man. What's going on, man? Y'all all right? Yes, Thanks sir. for having me, bro. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, right now, Dom, cool. we just kind of loosely touching on. Uh, we just got into the restaurant topic, man. We kind of right now talking about. Um, we're transitioning from our conversation about COVID and how we feel about vaccines and um, you know, just a lot of that kind of shit and what we feel about the way the government handled it. So, um, my co-host, co-anchor, co-host, yeah, Joe kind of, uh, he led into asking me um, just about what's going on in the industry in terms of COVID. And I kind of started touching on it loosely. Um, and one of the things I talked about was just like employee shortages, but I didn't quite get a chance to get to. Um, I personally don't think certain, some restaurants are uh, taking COVID serious enough. And I think some restaurants are doing too much. So I think it's kind of like a 50-50 street. So we'd love to hear your input on that, Diamond. We're definitely going to get into some more stuff. Um, but yeah, just love to hear your input on that, Diamond. And also, get, you know, just a quick rundown who you are, what you do, and so on and so forth. Plug your businesses and socials as well. All right. Well, um, who I am and what I do. Um, Chef Dominic McCord, I've been in the city, um, cooking in the city for about 10 years now. Um, some of my most recent ventures, I was um, two chef. Last, I was two chef at um, oh, I See You on That Crowd. You see me, my baby. See you on that crowd. Oh, I was really? two chef, um, one of the opening sous chefs of Layla, Detroit. Okay. Um, before that, I was um, a sous chef at Baco Restaurante. Um, before that, I was a um, CDC at uh, Maru Sushi for uh, the better part of three, three and a half years. Um, now I'm currently the executive chef, um, of Petty Cash Detroit, soon to open in the next six to eight weeks in the, uh, Living Noise Avenue of Fashion. Okay. Um, my style of food, I, I did a little bit of everything, um, from French to Japanese to Lebanese. Um, now I'm coming new modern American. Um, and as far as touching on that subject with COVID, um, I know I'm in touchy. It's touchy. I think um, I think it's one of those things where we have to have certain precautions as far as the mask and we have to be clean. I think COVID forced people to do like um, to practice good hygiene. You know, I've seen too many people through the years, you know, in yeah, kitchens and otherwise, yeah, who just don't guess and otherwise who aren't aren't aren't. aren't. Oh shit. <laughs> My bad, Don. Cut off for a quick second. Um, yeah. All right, I'm back. Yeah, um, I'm just saying, COVID forced us to be cleaner, to be more on point. Um, as far as not taking it too serious enough, I mean, I think everyone at this point, you know, it's in our best interest to be masked up in most situations because. Um, I, not to cut you off, Don. So I, I said that because um, when I say not taking it serious enough. I, I've seen and personally been a part of um, a situation to where a staff member tested positive for COVID and the rest of the staff members kind of expressed they didn't feel comfortable coming back to work so quickly and literally had their jobs threatened. And so I say that to say, I think certain companies just aren't, they aren't caring about the people enough, more so than they're caring about the bottom line. And not to make this too heavy, like I said, this is not why we got you on here, Dom. Um, we actually wanted things, I just wanted to kind of get you a quick opinion on that. Uh, like I said, I was with myself, Joe, Ralph, we kind of been talking about this for about the better half of the last 20 minutes. So right, right, right. not to get too long with that, we appreciate your input on that. But what I do want to get into, 
which is something that I was talking to the guy. And the reason why this is so it's such a unique opportunity for us to talk about is because one of our co-hosts, Joe, he's a very finicky eater. Me and Ralph are a little more experimental. And then our other co-host, which is my brother, Business Dave, he's he uh, conservative. Conservative Bernie. He, Let me save uh, a dollar. Let me save a dollar. He became more inept to eat and be experimental with food. Well, wait a minute. I'm not finicky. Hold on. Joe, you definitely finicky. I'm not finicky. Wait a minute. Joe, you need four ranches so you can eat your salad in quarters, nigga. Oh, no, yeah. You're weird, bro. (laughs) If I go to a restaurant, I'm not doing that at the restaurant. You soak in each quarter and ranch. Like I was saying, (laughs) Dave got more in up to become more of an experimental eater. Um, Being my brother and being that I'm a chef and him just understanding and learning how to eat. So the first thing I want you to do, Doc, is kind of, because you touched on Japanese, Lebanese, and people are very familiar with what those things are. But talk about what is New American and why are you bringing that to the avenue of fashion, which is predominantly black? Well, well, New American um, is what America is. Like, um, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a jambalaya of, of cultures, you know. It's, it's a mixture. It's like um, those American-based things where you got your burgers and, you know, your, your fried chicken tenders. But then it's those other things that, like, it's, it's fusion. To me, that's what New American is. It's fusion. It's, it's you know, taking ingredients from down south and making something of it. it exactly. There's no, there's no like, culture that dominates it one way or another. It's everything and everybody. It's mixing. Like, hey, you know, I might make, um, like the other day, you and I, we, you know, me and Chef Tay, we did a pop-up. Oh, not pop-up. We did a, okay. we hosted a birthday party. Um, and we did a, 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 a rib, right? Most people think ribs, they think southern. We did a lamb rib with, um, you know, with Lebanese spices on mm-hmm. it. That's fusion. Pomegranate, molasses, barbecue. Oh, yeah, that bitch definitely danced. That bitch definitely danced. <laughs> you know, he did, um, yo, yo, a shrimp cocktail with Creole spices. Like, the, that, that, it's that fusion. It's that creativity of you're not stuck in a box. Like, when you think Italian, you think, hey, it's a certain type of pasta. It's a certain type of way you make it. But New American is a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, especially in our culture, touching on African-Americans, we need that because more times than not, we're the, as far as what I've seen in, in the DJ, I can only speak on where we're from. On what I've seen, we're the less experimental eaters. Yeah. Um, and what I want to do at, at Petty Cash is introduce us, you know, our, like, our people, because this is my first time really working in a restaurant in a predominantly black, you know, even though mm-hmm. downtown or Detroit, I in Birmingham and stuff like that, Detroit, mm-hmm. like cooking that downtown area is not predominantly. It's not black predominantly black, too. right? It's you a, know, it's a, it's a, it's a mix. That, like you said, it's a jambalaya. Restaurants, you know. You said so, what? I'm sorry, Don. No, keep going. Yeah. I said it's not predominantly blacks that, that have eaten that that died down there. And so, Joe, yeah. you Joe Joe just uh, he said it's not predominantly. What it is is, Joe, so, and, and Dom, you segue perfectly into it. Detroit is the blackest populated city in the country. Yet, when in terms of, you know, dining and experiencing what Detroit has to offer, at least from a downtown, a downtown standpoint, we don't experience these restaurants that are being accredited by James Beard, being accredited by all these top, not, you know, these top of the line um, accreditations. And so that's one of the things that Dom and I talk about frequently is just how, how you know, people will say all the time they don't feel comfortable 
in these restaurants. They don't feel comfortable in these settings. And then and then and I and I don't ever want it to be a situation to where I won't say ever, but what I want to kind of get away from is people blaming it on the restaurant and not necessarily looking at us as a culture and being like, it's not that they're not cooking the food. They're not cooking food that we don't eat for the sake of not having us in their spaces. They're we're not experienced in eating the food that they're offering. So I want to definitely get your opinion on that, Diamond, just for the people. I, I know your opinion on that because you and I have talked about this in great lengths. But I want to get your opinion on this um, for the people because that's something I was just talking with my co-host Joe about is, you know, he talks about it all the time. He'll go into a certain restaurant ready to spend a certain bag, but he'll feel like he's getting treated a certain way for asking certain questions or what have you. And I think one of the things that we need to do as black chefs and as black, you know, just industry people is to educate. I think there's a big, big educational gap that needs to be bridged um, because I say it all the time, you know, Chef Doug or, you know, one of the great chefs in the city that we that we respect, you know, they'll put an Alsatian chicken or something on the menu and it's like, how are you about to explain to auntie that she about to sit up here and spend Forty dollars on a piece of chicken, because as far as she's concerned, she'll give a damn about it being dry aged for how many days. You tell her thirty days dry aged, she like, so you about to serve me an old ass piece of chicken for forty dollars? So I think so. So I think you know, I actively think it's our responsibility, man, to educate. Um, and that, and Don, before you touch it, I kind of want Ralph and Joe to just you know give us their opinions. Um, as to how they feel dining downtown and what that's like for them before you and I kind of put our professional uh, what we feel about it on, on the topic. Absolutely. So first and foremost for me, um, I'm, I'm slightly check you real quick. You okay, here we you go. You want to check me. I, 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 I'm far from a finicky eater. I just don't like certain. My palate is is, is elementary it, continue <laughs> very narrow very no, but, narrow but but on the reels on the reels i try my, my ladies got me into trying different things you know what i'm saying so i've tried certain things like I, you would be proud of me i had gator okay that's not crazy but i, I tried alligator but that's so fucking southern that's what i'm saying no but not no not even southern what's the little spot she was telling you about with the little in the court yeah, yeah yeah i did that now you know you can't Ava. even yeah, but ramen is not experimental. But to me, it is coming from eating mozzarella, mozzarella sticks. What you, you say now? I'm just saying it it, it, it. it is depending on how you eat. Right. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm coming from fried chicken, macaroni. You know, a typical black household type of cuisine to try. Northern and, black household. Let, let's specify that. You said what? Northern black. Household. Northern, northern, northern. Definitely, because, definitely. Because real southern soul food eaters. They do the ten items that we eat. No, they, they eat gator. They eat all. They eat everything. They eat possum, we, raccoon, ten different bean dishes. Yeah, like, absolutely. What up, Mike? Eat. My boy Mike just tapped in on the live. He uh, said it's all about perspective, like Mike. I'm gonna get some more of your opinion on that in a minute, Mike. But go ahead, Joe. Continue. But, so basically, you know, for me, what my experiences have been is, is I'm open to try new things, but I don't want it to be a forced thing, right? Mm. And so, certain restaurants that we attend. You know, me and my lady, you know, she's a very open eater. She'll try pretty much anything. But for most, for the most part, most of the restaurants that I've tried, it is one of those things where when you go to step into the restaurant and I'm looking at a a, a $45, you know, dish and I'm saying, well, excuse me, you know, I'm saying, excuse me, what is exactly is this? I may not understand one of the words or the language of the menu. Mm -hmm. So when I'm asking and it's like, they're looking, you know, like, give you a look, like, 
nigga, what you in here for if you don't know what you're eating? It's like, well, maybe I want to try something different, Mm -hmm. you know, and I need the education on it because I'm not just going to say, okay, you want to give me a random dish and I'm just put this dish in my mouth. I'm just pause. I'm just going, you know. Yeah, no, big pause. So so don't put the dish in your mouth. (laughs) So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you got to have a, you got to have a, uh, open, you know, you got to have open mind as a consumer, but also as a provider, you need to have an open mind and understand not everybody stepping into your establishment understand understands exactly what they're doing. I might have liked the way your, your landscape on the outside of your business looked. And so because I see and I like the way the landscape on your business looked, I'm going to just approach your business because of that. You see what I'm saying? Right, right. Or, what up, Andre? My fault. No, you good, you good. Andre just tapped in. Bougie Eats Academy. If you haven't seen her shit, follow her on IG, Bougie Eats. I'm talking about Seriously. some of the co- bougie desserts. One of the coldest pastry chefs in the country, as far as I'm concerned. What up, Andre? Appreciate you showing but, up. Doc and second day. So, you know, it's just one of those things for me. Um, understanding the the style of dress at the restaurant. Certain mm. restaurants, you got a certain um, attire to, you know, attend these restaurants. So it's just a matter of giving proper, you know, greetings. You know, it's been places where I went. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily considered upscale where I've stepped in. Oh no, go ahead. No, Joe, you just so you just said something to me. You said something that was very uh I'ma say for the lack of lack of a better way to say it, untrue, bro. So it's so crazy. And what that's a whole nother topic we'll get into is how dress codes at restaurants is actually something that's extremely anti-black. Cause most yeah. most of the restaurants downtown, they don't give a fuck what you got on. You go to sell the standard private proper. Shark no, shoes. for sure, for they sure. Don't give a fuck what you got on, but then you go to some of these black restaurants downtown, and they tell you no baseball caps, no jeans. Right. That shit, that whole idea of a dress code is so anti-black. It, and again, that's a whole other episode, whole other topic. But go ahead, John. I'm sorry, no. I mean, so, you no, you good, you good. So it's just one of those things where it's like you know, trying to bridge the gap between you know a, a typical, as as chef said, a typical northern consumer of food to try new shit. Uh-huh. So you just. As a, as a, as a, again, as a consumer or as somebody who's going to take my hard-earned money and, you know, go spend it, I would like to at least have an understanding of what I'm going, what am I going to. Okay. So like, for example, me and this lady went to uh Fugo de Child, if I'm saying Fogo, correct. Fogo de Child. Fogo de Child, right? <laughs> We're talking about Fugo de Child. I don't know how to say shit, but you see, but you see. No, for you, sure, for you sure. Know, so we, we, we step in and one of the things that they do is when they attack, when they attack, uh, uh, hit your table. Yeah. They explain what the meat is. Mm-hmm. And so, pause. So, I'm explaining. <laughs> hey, man, listen, you know what I'm saying? I, uh, it was a, it was a, it was a, a cut of meat, and I had, a, I asked him, can you explain it to me? Because I didn't necessarily understand what it was. Oh, man, this nigga might talk about, I'll be downtown dressed like a thigh eating at all the good places. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it's just one of those things where it's like, I just want that bridge of yeah, the, consumer. You want, so, you, so you're open to bridging the gap. Yeah, I'm open okay, to going that, places that's, and that's trying what I, shit. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I was looking for. So, Ralph, what about you? Now, Ralph, again, is more of a person who, uh, Ralph will eat. For the lack of better words, Ralph is the booty oh, eating wingman. His nickname is the booty eating wingman. So, so go yeah. ahead, Ralph. Go get your shit off, Ralph. <laughs> I'll so, drink to that. For sure, for sure. So you got to experiment a little bit. Um, I've dated a lot of females where I've took them to like restaurants, you know, that are not traditional black restaurants. And they just be like, oh, no, I don't want this. I don't want mm. this. I'm not eating this. What's this? Ooh, this uh, is gross. And they've never even yeah. tried it. So, I mean, you got to jump outside of your comfort zone um, and, you know, just try new things. That's the main thing. And really just, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person I like to experiment. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to do something different. Okay. But it, it comes from a young age because my, my grandma was from the South. So, uh-huh. you know, 
kind of like what you guys touched on. We we ate everything from alligator right. to catfish to possum to emu to rattlesnake. Right. So 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 Ralph, so you safe to say that you agree. You agree that there's a gap that needs to be bridged. Yeah. And and okay, so good. So, so I'm like, go kind of going back to I don't know if you remember the episode where we talked about the uh rose froze. Yeah, the rose froze. That <laughs> the was rose froze. That was some wild shit. <laughs> now, if you remember that shit? That restaurant in hey. fucking uh Dallas or Houston, whatever. Dallas. Was it? Dallas. Dallas. And my man stood. He was had. So he had a brunch that he was serving all the you know the classic soul food, lamb chops pre cut off the rack. Uh, the nigga was literally taking empty. Douce pints <laughs> and putting like douce frozen uh drinks in them. He had a Patron pint that he was putting frozen, and the nigga had a brunch he was doing. And the DJ on the video had backed that ass up playing on the video, and he done stood up and told the women in the restaurant, "Sit y'all thought asses down. We don't do that type of thought ass shit around here. I want to create a nice place to come have brunch, and I don't need y'all shaking y'all ass in my restaurant." So the nigga set the ass shaking stage. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And then say, don't shake your ass. <laughs> so, that, kind of touching on that, it, it depends. You got to read Chef the room. Chef Courtney, what up, baby? You got to read the room and definitely read the atmosphere. A yeah. lot of times you feel out of place in a restaurant and really nobody is really looking at you different. It's yeah. you. You feel, you you feel, feel out, out of place because of you. Because it's a new experience. That's, that's a different perspective. That's a great perspective, Ralph. So, what he just said for those on the live, if you didn't hear him, he said a lot of times when we, and I say we as because we all black on this panel right now, when we and our people go to a restaurant, we might automatically come in there and have false pretenses of discomfort. And it's not because the restaurant makes us feel uncomfortable, but it's necessarily because we are uncomfortable because we don't we don't know or we're not comfortable in this element because of our ignorance. And so um, for me, I, I totally agree with that, Ralph. That's a great point. I think that a lot of what we feel as discomfort from the restaurant is just us not understanding. And so one of the things I'll say, just talking to black people is that they'll immediately go into the, they doing this to make us feel uncomfortable. And it's like, no, they're cooking the food that they cook. They're cooking high end food on the high end level. You feel like they're doing something in spite of you when actually they don't give a fuck about whether you like it or not. They're going to do them regardless. We hope that you can come in here and enjoy what we have to offer we're not doing this in spite of you. So, Dom, I want to get your opinion on that. And the reason why I want Dom's opinion specifically on this is because what he's doing as a black chef in the city right now um, to bring this to us. So go ahead, Dom. Go ahead. And what's, your, what's your opinion on this, Dom, to kind of tell us about why you are you know excited about doing what you're about to do on the Avenue of Fashion? All right. So I'll touch on the first point. With uh, the... Um, I think Dave, Dave, right? No, Joe, Joe, Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. I think Joe had touched on the hospitality piece where he wants to come in and, like, he wants to be, you know, taught on what it is she is and, and, and kind of, like, he wants to be sold. I think that's a Detroit thing, right? Detroit lacks great hospitality, mm -hmm. in my personal opinion. True. You Appreciate go to your Vegas's, you go to New York's, yeah. you go to Chicago, you go to Miami. I eat all over. I eat in different countries, right? Absolutely. One thing that I think Detroit is um, lacking, in, and we're getting better at, but the hospitality portion, where it's like, hey, I'm a chef, and I know just about everything before you come to my table. Absolutely. I want to be so, I want to be, uh, you know, and I won't tell people 
you know, to want to start. I want to be so. If I'm a customer, if I don't understand these things, if I want to experiment, I want to be sold. I want you to be able to. Uh, uh, there's been too many times, too many restaurants where a chef will uh, make a dope dish, you know, and even I experienced this with not being able to sell specials mm-hmm. because Features. I do something dope. Yeah, I'm featuring something. I do something dope. My chefs do something dope. And then these people, like, they're not explaining it. The they, servers are so caught up on the money that they're not explaining or they aren't passionate about it enough mm-hmm. to explain it, to sell it to you. So I don't think that's Yeah, I don't particularly think that's a color thing. I think that's more of a Detroit's hospitality scene. It's just lacking. It's just lacking, yeah. Yeah, it's lacking. You go to Vegas, you ask any of these guys about the business. I had at Bouchon. I've been a Michelin star in D.C. Mm -hmm. D.C. is a great food scene, so I love D.C. Love D.C. But they're going to sell it to you. Right. They sell it to you. They understand the food. They ate and the I, food. I say that to my I say that to my friend house staff all the time. Is I want you to be able to articulate these dishes the exact same way I do, and I want you to understand what a bouillon is. Understand what roe is. Understand what you know what a ceviche is. Understand exactly the process. So that's one of the things I'm very big on as a chef. Um, is you know doing those pre shifts and, and stand up pre shift and making sure that they know what's in the dish, how it's made, why it's made that way. And it's their job. And like you said, Dom, I get it. In the heat of in the heat of battle, in the heat of service, they just try to push through. And a lot of times I've seen it in court servers. They won't even, because most of the time when we do features, just so you guys know, that's something that has to be called what's called hand sold. So yeah, you have a menu in front of you. By the way, chef's feature tonight, and that's up to the server to push that feature right. and sell it to so you. So is that what they do? Like when you go to, I know Red Lobster's not that upscale, but when you go in there and they'll say the fish of today, chef's select yeah. or yeah, something. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Catch of the day, fish of the anyway. So yeah, bye bye. I might mean to cut you off, but yeah, that, so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely get that point too. So it's definitely a hospitality gap we for gotta sure get as the well. concept though. Like I tell them, people, I think more and more, it's good food all over the place, right? We can go on Seven Mile and Greenfield and get good food. I don't care nobody say. You right. can go anywhere and get good food. The thing that separates good restaurants from BS restaurants to me is the experience. Yep. Like, I'm impressed if you can tell me everything. That takes you from 20 to 30% to me. If you can if you can sell me on something, if you can make it sound good, if I'm, or, or if I'm that person who, like, you know, who's less, uh, uh, you know, less educated on certain dishes... And you can sell that to me, and I actually like it because a lot of these things, like like, tell you experimental chef, right. I'm an experimental chef. A lot of these things that if if like you know our people they'll eat it, they'll actually like it. They like the shit, right? But they just got to put it in their mouth first, right? Pause. Yeah, I think right. Pause. <laughs> so, but I think a big part of that too is man is who it's coming from, right? So one of the things, so you guys all know, I started the exchange a few years back. Um and and some of you have had the opportunity to actually experience it, but uh one of the things we made sure that was a kind of a driving point for us was that uh oh Tess yeah fucking this but yeah so one of the things we one of the points we drove home was like we want to be able to explain every dish that comes out so and one of the questions that was asked me by some of the white chefs downtown was like chef like how do you get how do you get a room? Because we do so we'll do pop-ups in these different restaurants, right? I'm gonna use Chartreuse as one because that's one that I, I love that restaurant personally. The chef over there is amazing, Chef Doug Hewitt. But he's allowed us to come occupy his space and do 
a five course tasting menu. And his question was, how do you get a room full of black people straight up in my restaurant? And I've never been able to even fathom that. Right. But how do you do that? And I said, well, a lot of it, too, is auntie can receive what I'm telling her about this food and trust me a little bit more than she's going to receive it coming from you, a white, a middle aged white man. She gonna me, a young black man can articulate it in a way that she can understand. She's going to be a little more receptive to it than it coming from you because you're going to hit it with all the terminology and, and all the shit, but you're not. So you telling her the terminology don't mean shit to her because she don't know what the terminology means. Right. Talk to her. Whereas I can, say, I, I can say, Auntie, what this dish is, it's basically like a similar to a, you know what I mean? I can give it to her in a, in a way that she can receive it. So that's one of the things, like my mom, right? My mom, for example, and she's so fucking funny. Shout out to my mom. My mom will literally. My mom would literally, like, now, so when I was a kid, I watched my mom with a fork stab the shit out of a steak, fry it hard as shit in some butter, and then dump a bunch of A1 sauce on it, right? <laughs> but it wasn't until I got old enough and I got older and experienced how to cook and do certain things there, I slowly transitioned and taught my family, hey, mom, when we go to this restaurant, just order your steak medium. And before you ask for A1 sauce and salt and pepper and lorries and all this shit, just try it. Try the steak. Enjoy the steak. I, I, I want all that blood on my plate. Mom, it's not blood. It's not blood. It's this. It's fat. It's fat and it's a muscle and this is why it runs and blah, blah, blah. And giving her the full education of it. And now my mom would go to a restaurant now like she like she do this shit. Oh, my son a chef. You What you're not going to do is tell me that. But that's because she's been educated, right? So I think it's our job as black chefs to educate our people. And so now Joe and Ralph, I want y'all's opinion on this because it's another thing we talk about all the time is the black representation in our city, right? So I'm saying all that to segue into like, I feel like our people will be more receptive to trying these different foods and being more experimental with these foods if we as black chefs made it our duty to cook food on a level that we can we we going toe to toe and if not if not being better than the, than our white counterparts because the reality is there ain't too many meals I've had from Dom that there ain't a single fucking meal that I've had from Dom first of all that didn't oh, completely oh. slap and honestly God me and Dom laugh about it all the time we trying to get this versus thing started between chefs in the city I promise you there ain't two chefs in the city that won't smoke with me and Dom guaranteed me and this nigga in the same kitchen. Promise you, don't nobody really want that smoke. They don't. You know what I mean? But and I'm starting shit like a motherfucker. That's, that's a what we're doing on this show now. <laughs> we start shit on this show. But I'm saying that to say, Joe, I want y'all opinion. Do y'all feel like black chefs aren't doing our due diligence to present and black owned restaurants to present the type of food that we should be that we should be teaching y'all about? You want to take? Go ahead. Ron. I'll take it first. So I feel like a lot of black chefs get into a comfort zone. Making the, the you know the macaroni and cheese poor pork sandwich, doing the, the fried fish, you know doing comfort food, which is nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. that's part of our culture. It's a lane. It's but a lane. you know I like the little different stuff like when you did the Afro sushi. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't get a so chance I'm to make Afro it. Sushi. But when you did it, it kind of piqued my interest. I'm like, what's Afro sushi? Exactly. And so I'm you know I'm looking at your little trailer and everything and the presentation. And that's what really needs to happen in the community. It needs to be more like unique things instead of just trying to jump on a bandwagon and do what somebody else is doing. Bring something unique. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So 
that's what really is gonna bandwagon is a big one, right? Yeah, the bandwagon. Like I see a lot of people doing the same thing. Like, oh, you doing so, this? Okay, I'm gonna jump can, on it. I can tell. I can literally have people on live right now name five black owned restaurants in the city of Detroit, and I promise you, they all have damn near the same thing on. Them. Well, to piggyback off of that, and and to answer the question for me is, um, you know, like like Dom said, it's. Or like I said, and he, you know, second, it's first and foremost the hospitality part of it. Yeah. First, first, well, I'm, I'm gonna go even a step further: the visibility of it. Because I okay. mean, to be honest with you, when you say you hear that, when, when you when you say black black owned restaurants, the only black owned restaurant I know is Young Village, and that's because of the run group I'm, I'm with. We mm. host our two mile Tuesday there. Mm. Um, outside of that, I don't know. Outside of what you got going on, mm. you know, I don't. You know, I don't see it. You don't you see, see it every day. So when the exposure part, first and foremost. Secondly, you know, like me and that's, you know, Chef, that's big. Me and that Chef, is, that's huge. Me and Chef, me and Chef Dom both, I think, could, uh, for lack of better words, agreed on is the um, you know, the hospitality part of it. If I'm if I'm attending your restaurant, or if I'm calling you, and I'm saying, well, hey, um, I want to I want to schedule a, a party of four people or it's me and my lady I want to make reservations for your restaurant what exactly do you serve I understand that you know you busy you in the kitchen you cooking you whoever is on the phone but I may not want to look at the menu on the on the website don't direct me to the website explain to me and say hey this is um we serve a you know let me, um, let me pause you there Joe just for a second so I'm kind of devil's advocate on that because especially depending on when you call it if it's well, a yeah. busy ass Friday I night, that. like go on the website, look it up. But it's how you do it. I of get course. that. So, so like Peep Game, he said he's opening up his spot on Liver Noise, mm-hmm. um, and he's calling the New America, right? Damn, uh, damn, that's, that's, that's the, that's the, the style of cuisine. That's okay. Only. So the New America <laughs> cuisine, right? So we call it the New America. Well, that, but I mean, I'm trying to make sure I'm, you know. <laughs> no, you're right. Joe, you're so right. with him doing New America, if I was to call and say, "Hey, what are you guys oh, sure?" Crazy. You know, what are you guys, uh, you know, serving? I'm not quite under, you know, I, I don't know. I'm unfamiliar. I'm unfamiliar. What do you guys yeah. exactly do? It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't. You said what now? I said, Boozy E. She said, I don't have no time for that chit chat. <laughs> no, which I get, which I get. But it's like, it's not necessarily a full conversation. It's just one of those things where you could just simply be like, um, we do a new twist on, you know, your traditional disc, or we do a melting pot of, all the cultures in America. Um, yeah. where, where you know, So you say you're not even looking for a specific dish I know, right just now. It, it, you just want a quick a quick synopsis. If of what I call, if, if I, right, you ain't necessarily got to give me a quick synopsis. Just let me know what exactly is your focal point. Mm-hmm. We specialize in uh, uh, multi, multiple filet fish. We specialize in this. What I, uh, if you can, I can um, direct you to our website where we can give you more detail and our dishes are described. It's not just say, if I call your restaurant, I'm like, hey, I I want, no, it's I, not. if I say, hey, I want to come to your restaurant, I want to take my lady on a nice dinner. I'm looking at your menu and I'm not understanding the language mm-hmm. and I'm seeing 50, 60, 70. I don't mind spending the money, especially if you're a black chef or you're a black owned restaurant mm-hmm. because I want to support and I want to keep that money in my community. But if I call you and then you like, what, 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 what can I do for you? Go look at the website. We busy right now. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly I understand that. That's why I'm making a reservation. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not how you say it. And it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Hey, we specialize in this. Can you please attend, you know, or shoot to our website where we can, you know, better serve you. You see what I'm saying? Um, so, so not to cut you off, Joe. So one of the chefs on the website, I mean, on the uh, IG Live, she <laughs> says, I took time on my website 
take time to go read it. Right. So now, <laughs> what if I don't see your website? Why what, don't you? If I drive past your restaurant, I see you got your number on the side of the building. I call the but number. But that's no excuse, Joe, because we all got we all got cell hey, phones now. Yes, Bougies, Yes, Google hey. a motherfucker. Consumer accountability. True. Exactly. True. Hey, and so let me. That's touch a big on one. Let John touch on that. That's a big one. A consumer accountability is a motherfucker. Because I've been in Bougies. I know you dealt with this. Hey, I'm about to strike a nerve with you too. A hundred times have I dealt with. My menu is clear verbiage. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a, it can be something as simple as bacon. And they say, oh, they order shrimp and grits. Easy dish. Shrimp and grits with bacon. Smoked bacon is on the on the descriptions. Clear as day. Oh, I ordered this dish. And shrimp, we got nice prawns. It's an expensive dish. It costs us good money. But I think a lot of consumers don't understand it's a double-edged sword. Absolutely. Every time you have to send something back or redo something, Simply because you didn't read the menu, it costs us money. It costs money. And so, go ahead, go and ahead. That's a, and that's the thing, especially with our community. Like, it, I think it's a, the hospitality and the way that that the the service staff is treated. I think it's a double edged sword because yeah, Absolutely. the hospitality could be better, but especially so. I didn't really work in like predominantly consumer black restaurants until like maybe pandemic I was consulting with different restaurants and man some of the stuff you see I'm talking about it's wild threat- no, for sure but like predominantly black and I, I'm saying this because we are brothers we can speak Absolutely. And, uh, you know I wouldn't say this in too many crowds but man some of the shit you deal with bro I, no for sure I say it all the time we so and I'm a, so being the chef at Savannah Blue I will say Savannah Blue and 24 Grill we are the hardest fucking people no, for sure. In a restaurant, for sure. And, and, but we don't. But hold on, and I'm gonna say it. And fuck it, I'm probably gonna get some backlash. We're the hardest to please. But we don't know shit. No, and that's the thing. So, peep game. I agree with everything y'all saying, and even the uh, the pastry chef you were saying, mm-hmm. right? I understand what you're saying, but is I'm not going. I'm not. You know me. I'm not the cat that's gonna say, "Hey, I order." If I get to your restaurant and I see that menu and your server come out, if I don't understand something, I'm gonna say, "Hey, what is this?" Now, if the verbiage right. is as simple as shrimp, shrimp and grits right. with smoked bacon, you know I don't eat pork. I'm gonna say, "Hey, can I order the shrimp and grits without the pork?" If you send the shrimp and grits out, let's just say it's in the window for a little too long, and it's it's a little cool. I'm not the cat that's gonna say, "Hey, remake this shrimp and grits." Right. It is what it is. You're busy. I've worked I mean, in the kitchen with you, so I understand certain things like that. That's your right to get hot food, though. That's different. no, no, it's for sure, right. no, for sure. Yeah. But I'm still not that consumer, which I agree with you when you say consumer accountability. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things for me where it's like I don't want to make it. Hello. I don't want to make it your your business to solve my problems if I can do it myself. My right. thing is just okay. Um, so. When I go, if I go to a restaurant and I say, "Hey, what is your main dish? What are you? What are you good for?" Like, but see, but see, but see, hold on, Joe. Certain, t- I'm gonna just stop you right there because the higher end restaurants that you're gonna go to, chances are their menu is not the same every week, or chances right. are they don't specialize in any specific dish. Like, okay. they rotate. The, like, I'm be honest, in my restaurant right now at the at the at the, where I'm at. I rotate my menu every season, and my shit could be my shit could be different based on the week. Right. Because a good chef, see, that's between a cook. A cook has a specialty. A chef can do cook everything, all the shit. Right, right. So I might not have a specific dish that I'm. This is our. This is our key. No, like we specialize in New American cuisine. 
That's it. That's experience. all I need, though. But that's what I need. So okay. that, so with but, you telling me that and you giving me that information, I can do it. I agree, I, I I agree can, with Bougie's and, and Terrence. Like, any consumer, right, with any other any other thing, I think understanding the food industry, like Tay is saying, is the thing, especially, not even just, I don't want to even put this on blacks, but I think the Detroit market, because like the chefs are saying, there's no product, if you're buying a TV, if you're buying a car, if you're buying a pair of Gucci's, there's nothing you don't look at the reviews, you don't look you at the product exactly. first, you don't study hey, the Don, product Hold on, Don, let me, let me just get them, because they're not looking at the screen, so we got a couple of chefs, um, and people who just tuning in listening. Right, right, right. There's a couple of chefs on the live making comments, and some of the com- some of the consistent comments between the chefs is that before you go dine somewhere, and like Dom is touching on now, before you purchase anything, this is, again, a consumer accountability. Do your due diligence. Go on our Understood. website. Look at our menu. Understood. If you don't understand verbiage, like, we have the answers at our fingertips now. So, like, that shit, yes, That's, we should so, be a better but, 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 Hold on. But hold What's on, up, Hold on. That's understood. So I'm not speaking on if I'm sitting right here and I met my lady tell me she wants me to take on a date. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, you want to try a new restaurant? And I'm looking, I'm going to do my Googles, I'm going to do my reviews, and I'm going to make a decision based off of that. That's a given. I'm talking about if I'm out and about and I'm walking downtown and I see a restaurant, I say, oh, okay, cool. And then I step inside this restaurant. I'm not about to look at the restaurant and be like, okay, this is, for example, Savannah Blues. This is Savannah Blues. And I'm going to stand outside and go Google the fucking restaurant. I'm not going to do that. When I walk in this restaurant, Shit, though. but I'm, no, because I'm right here. I'm going to walk in and I can talk to you. You're right there. Okay, now, so let me, so let me explain something. Now, if you're question. busy, that's different. Let me I'm ask sure. you a question, though, Joe. Right, so let me ask you a question. So you being a person who doesn't understand what new American cuisine is, if you don't, see, not that. Right, right. And you walk in that restaurant and they give you a quick, you say, well, what do y'all serve? New American. You're still gonna have to Google what the fuck New American is. Well, so so that's what I want to speak on. Go ahead, bro. So one thing that you know when you're doing something at a high level, you gotta realize is the average person doesn't think about that. The Bingo. verbiage y'all are using in the kitchen in between shelves, we don't know. That. The average consumer does not know it. I deal with it every day. Like I, we talk about stuff. You know, I'm in mortgages, so we talk about stuff. And when I talk to it with a consumer, I use certain keywords <laughs> or terms crazy, that yeah. they don't understand. And they just kind of freeze out, or they, you know. But that's my point. It ain't about. It's not about. It's stuff that you can't research. One hundred percent. No, but that's not true. There's not a single thing you can't. I gotta disagree with y'all. I think y'all speaking out of ignorance and not knowing because the one thing with menus, the like menu science, I can we can pull up ten menus now, right? In fact, I'm gonna pull. uh, I got my. And it gives a breakdown of what's in it. But like, like descriptions. One thing we think. About that, that we don't want to overcomplicate. We don't want to overcomplicate. It's quite, exactly. It's quite okay. simple. And there's, the I'm this, there's a lot of time that goes into making these menus, right? Correct. So, nine out of ten, everything that's outside of where I bought the shit from and 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 whatever my menu. Let's say I'm doing a, a, a duck all orange, right? Neither one of you know what duck all orange is. Hypothetically speaking, on my menu, it's gonna say. Pan seared, skin on duck, you know what I'm saying? Served with XYZ, sauced with an orange blah 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 sauce, right? I don't so, need, I, I understand that. But that's how that's how menus are. So no, we, see, right, I, so think, I think what the disconnect is. So what we're saying is if you just take the two seconds, like you'll save yourself a lot of personal frustration and interaction with these people if you just take two seconds so, to just do your due diligence so, okay so hold on real quick so I, i'm when, about to give you a hard menu let me give you an example this 
This is Selda. Selda, in my personal opinion, is doing some of the best food in the city. So I'm looking at Selda's menu. I'm going to pick something hard. Um, let's say barbecue celery root, right? Um, Carolina gold rice, grits, chow chow. That's simple enough where if I don't know what chow chow is, Google chow chow, it's popping right up. It pops right up. Um, right, but see. That's it. Spanish, Spanish rice, shrimp, squid, chorizo, aioli. Aioli is one of those words you may not know is mayo. But it's so simple. The verbiage is so simple. It's like, hey, what is aioli? Oh, it's mayo. So hold on. Hold on, Doc. So Ralph, Ralph, you want to touch on it. Go ahead, Ralph. I'm going to tell y'all a secret. The average American doesn't read. Okay, well, average they skim, they skim, no, 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 listen. It's the way the education system is set up. The average American uh, skims the, yeah, no, I, no, 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 no. Listen, no, okay. I, listen, listen, just hear me out. Let we me finish the sentence. extreme that, that I don't think really yeah. exists, to be honest. Let, let me, let me, let me speak on it. I talk to people all day that are CEOs of companies and everything. I'll send them a loan estimate. They will skim, pick out what they want. And then come back and say, well, I seen this. I'm like, well, did you lead, read two sentences over where it explains that? No. And these are educated people. These aren't dumb people. And that's what the that average is. American is. No, listen. Listen, let me finish my thought. Let me okay, just finish please, the thought. Please do, please the do. average American is being force-fed snippets. When you look at the news, everything is snippet. Everything is and quick. And, guess what and that's what they're looking. It is. A hundred percent. But they don't know. But that's laziness, though. That's not. It is. No, it is. It is. It's laziness. 100% laziness. So, so we, but, we. But y'all, but y'all, but y'all walking into our point, though. What we all saying is the lack of accountability. accountability. If, no, I no, sign I, a contract, if I sign a contract that's bold, I know how to read, but because right, I chose to skim right, through it, right. I was being lazy. That's not right. the school. And, and I agree with you on that. I agree that's with you laziness. on that, Dom. I agree. This, this, went a whole, this went a whole different direction. I'm not mad. No, no, no. no, no this like went a whole But see, this is the thing. But, and see, this is the thing. This is educating people who may not understand yeah. the chef's plight versus the consumer's plight. I heard 100% agree about um, consumer accountability because before I buy something off Amazon, I look at the reviews. Exactly. But this is the thing. I don't have a person to talk to to understand this review on Amazon. I no, hold on, hold on. We talked about something about this menu stuff because I wasn't talking about menu. If I come to your restaurant, I'm sitting down. I'm already buying. I'm not coming to your restaurant. I'm sitting down and buying. No, but what we're saying is the on. menus are posted online. Right. Okay, but that's the thing. If I want the service part of it, I'm not looking for the chef to come from the back. Your server is walking to my table. When the server walks to that table, I'm expected to be greeted. How you doing? Welcome to Chef's Restaurant. Joe, but you're going, you, see, you have a whole different argument because earlier you were more so talking about before you walk into a restaurant, you want to be able to go to the host and say, what are y'all serving? No, 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 no. Okay, so maybe I was misunderstood. Okay, so maybe I was misunderstood. And then I'm going to use an example from what me and you talked about earlier. We keep names out of it, but when... If, man, I got my my chefs on this live talking about, so let me go pour me a cup. You get my chefs heated, Joe. Don't be out. Right, right. right. Hey, Dodger smoking, tea, tea drinking. What the fuck going so, on? But look, so look, if, if, if I walk into your restaurant, I'm going to sit and I'm going to read your menu. I'm not talking about walking to your restaurant. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about once I'm in there. I know to pick up the menu. That's what it's placed on the table for. I know to look and see what it right, is. Right, right. If it's times where, so for example, when I took my lady to Dallas for her birthday, her, her, her um, um, 28th or whatever it was, mm -hmm. right? We went to a, an Italian restaurant downtown Dallas. I didn't understand none of the Italian words. So when the server came to the table, I didn't say. That's different. Th and that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, Calling you and you explaining your no, full no, 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 that's how we tell. I'm gonna ask you. What's saying is that's different. That's like going to 
a, that's Jap- what I'm a Japanese about. sushi house and not understanding the Japanese verbiage. That's because the shit I'm talking about the shit that's in plain. No, right. English. So it was in plain English. So look, but this is the thing. It wasn't. It was in Italian. You just said so. No, so so veal. I didn't know what veal was or veal. 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 Google. But see, that's the thing. I'm I'm not about to Google. Well, if you're sitting in the restaurant, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm if not you're talking. Sitting in the restaurant, if I'm at the here. crib and I'm looking at your menu, I'm gonna Google. It. I'm not gonna call you and ask you what the fuck veal is. I'm at the crib. I'm gonna Google it. But if I'm not at the crib and I'm sitting at your, I'm in your establishment. <laughs> okay. You see what I'm saying? That's so, a total different thing. So in conclusion, in conclusion, on this topic, because I I really wanted to more so talk about us just educating our black people on how to dine. But in conclusion on this, you're saying you you just want more of a hospitality aspect to your dining experience. That's it. Ralph, well, we, you we, more so saying we all agree on that. niggas just ain't reading and we need to do a better job. No, no, no. I now say you need to do a better job explaining. You got to empathize. So, Tay, I'm looking no, at... And Savannah. I do. Listen, I'm looking at Savannah Boo right now, right? Okay, Savannah Boo. Mac that and is. cheese, the simplest dish you can make, uh-huh. right? So, milk custard, cheddar... Parmesan, noodles, black pepper, right? It said what? Milk custard, cheddar, Parmesan, noodles, and black pepper. Very simple dish, right? Simple. You hear me? Yeah. So Joe comes in your restaurant. Joe's like, hey, you're mac and cheese. What? What? Let's break it down to me. Mm-hmm. How are you going to explain that to him? How am I explaining mac and cheese? Yeah, the mac and cheese. I'm gonna say boiled pasta noodles with cheese cream and all the components on the menu. Like if whatever, what do you ask? What is milk custards? What is what is milk custards? I, I don't know what that is. I literally don't know what that is. And if, if I'm talking to <laughs> wait, a wait, wait, that's a pause, bad, pause. That's a, that's a bad description of You're, mac and cheese. Yeah, it is. Let's it's, talk about that. That's but, all the menu. Though. That's why I said I said Savannah Blue bad example. Unfortunately, no. So is a. But a custard, is, custard a, is, is a mixture, a of, mixture of, of eggs and cream. And cream. Okay, so what okay. does the custard bring into the mac and cheese? The creaminess. That's all you got to explain to that's the consumer. That's it. that's it. That's fine. What I'm saying, and that's a terrible example. Because no, you no one in the fucking, no, I'm telling you, no one in the fucking world doesn't know what mac and cheese is. So that, that Donald's example was a lot more... If it should be a misunderstanding with a simple dish as mac and cheese... Think when you get to more complex things. Hey, I don't right, anyway, I understand. Y'all, y'all over here sounding real ignorant. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, How? Because sweet. y'all, y'all are. First of all, Joe is saying he not googling what the fuck is that a restaurant in Puebla? Sit down. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying. So again, this, no. no what I said is, is if I walk to your restaurant, if I come to your restaurant, and, I, and I'm looking at your menu, I don't understand something. I'm not Googling it if I'm yeah, at the restaurant. At the restaurant. That's what I'm saying. No, if I'm at so, your crib. So, look, I, I just took my girl to so, Fugi Do Chugi. Fogo de Chao. So, <laughs> right, so, so, I just took her to Fogo de Chao, right? Fugo de Chao. So, when I took her to Fogo de Chao, before I went, I looked at the menu mm-hmm. to understand what it was. And I said, oh, this is like Texas Day Brazil. 100%. So, I said, oh, this is, I know what this is. When I took my girl to, we went to, we go to Dallas a lot. So, the Italian spot. Before we left the room, I googled what they served. We went to a we went to an Asian cuisine, an Asian American cuisine in Dallas. I forget the name of it. Mm. The style of grits that they used for the shrimp and grits was more of like a mashed potato type of uh, texture than mm. it actually was a grainy grit texture, right? Mm. Before we went to the restaurant, I googled what they had. Okay, because so I I'm didn't go. What your plight is? My man. plight is is if I'm, I've been to places. So you where, said you just want a better a better level of service. That's, that's all I've been saying. Okay, because I do want to. We said that from yeah. Right. I've been the whole Dom, and I really want. I really, 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 really want so Dom's opinion. Before Dom jump on, let me say one thing. 
I'm trying to understand what are you guys' issue with the so, consumer? So hold on. So again, this conversation went a whole different direction than I was expecting because y'all niggas went into all bunch of different shit. But our our quick quick synopsis, our issue in that aspect is just as much as we as restaurateurs and restaurant workers need to be able to articulate what we do, why we do it, and how we do it. It's up to the consumer to do a little bit of the groundwork themselves. That's like literally going to that's a row house. You said what? <laughs> oh yeah, I just said y'all need to go to Texas Row House. No, so t- tell her never go listen, to Texas. So what I'm saying is, if you, that's like going to purchase a car, right? And you very oh, I really, 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 really want a Mustang, and you go to purchase that Mustang, and you wait till you get to the dealership. To do to get any knowledge of what the Mustang is, understood. that's weird, right? That's understood. If, you, if you've if you've always wanted a Mustang, chances are you'll Google what the fuck what the fuck a Mustang is. Like. What, what all it has to offer. Has to offer. So what that's we're understood. saying is, it's there's 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 customer accountability, and and unfortunately, 100% specifically agree. with restaurants. Customers, because they're what there used to be the notion, the customer is always right. No. The reality is, the customer is always fucking wrong. Always, and <laughs> we'll tell you why you're wrong in a nice fucking way. No, That's I agree. I agree Most with what you're saying. Customers got restaurants. I don't know what the fuck they want. I don't want to spend too much time on this joke because I do got one more thing. I know La- Dom, last thing. Go ahead. Okay, let's thing, get going. Thing. I want Dom to. Yeah. I, I want his opinion on something. Real last fast. thing. Last thing. That's 100 percent understood. Okay, I get that. Again. I'm a consumer. You're a provider. I just want to understand. So if I'm asking a question, don't get mad if I don't understand. Uh-huh. That's all. That's all I'm saying. questions are stupid. I'm gonna give Joe a quick example in his world since he want to play consumer to provider. <laughs> Joe, someone calls you and says, "I want lawn service." Okay. Then they say, "What is lawn service?" That's going to be a dumb fucking question. No, it's not. Yes, no, it's it not. Is. No, it's because not. How do you know you want something no, that not. you don't know what it is? Okay, because I'm going to explain to you. Because lawn service in the industry. So I own a land. Okay, I want property. my grass cut. What does that look like? Okay, how do you want to cut? What do you mean? We I do- want my shit cut. Okay, but okay, so we got double cut. We got You got two inch. You got three inch. If you, inch, you had a four. menu. Now, now, let me back up. Hold no, on. Right. Now, if you had a flyer that had all your services listed on it and what those services entail. Wouldn't you expect someone to respect your time that you took to describe your services right. and actually go look at the fucking pamphlet? Absolutely. Or you want to have to come to that person's house, explain to them everything that they can know if they just look at your fucking pamphlet. If I gave them the pamphlet and they looked at it and they still had questions, no, I wouldn't want to go. No, no, I'm answering the question. Chances are before they called you for the service, they looked at your fucking right. pamphlet. And if they same, so it's the same shit. But I'm still gonna go do it. They, oh they skim read it. They ass nigga, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> they they skim read it. I told you, Americans do not read. This nigga's a nut ass nigga. So listen. Okay. So listen. I'm so, coming to all y'all restaurants. I'm on top notch service. I ain't nah, tipping shit on this plate. So I want to get no your opinion on this. Dom and T. I want you T and I, I want y'all to tap in on this too. Because those are the active chefs right now that's in the uh, live. So one of the things that's my biggest issue with all of Detroit and our restaurant scene is that the gap can be bridged to me if we as black chefs did our due diligence to represent the type of cuisine, you know, to present high-end cuisine to our people. So, Dom, I want your opinion on this. Do you feel, and I'm going to tell you like this, I feel like we as black chefs in the city, granted, yes, there's a lane for everybody and there's a lane for the fried lobster tail shit and almost threw up. And there's, a lane, for the, and there's a lane for the strip club lamb chops 
the Frosé. And there's a lane for the Frosé Rosé. And I'm saying, but it's we'll a lot you, of motherfuckers out here claiming chef and claiming hot shit. And then they doing the same shit everybody else doing. So tell, you, tell the live with the real. I'm going to start shit. Dom's more, more politically correct than me. So I'm going to say it raw and uncut. It's a lot of motherfuckers out here that ain't doing their due diligence to cook good fucking food. Dom, what's your take on it? Real I quick, Don. Real quick, Don. Tay was just upstairs before pre-show talking about how he about to introduce the new Froze Hennessy. Hennessy Froze. Hennessy Froze with a splash of Ungami Duck on that motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> eat, eat. Do I eat? <laughs> so what's up, Don? Talk to the people. So I think, um, I think honestly, it's just um, it comes down to we have to look at the progression that's being made because a lot of um. A lot of our generation is switching the way way that we eat. Like a lot like Tricks. um Thanks. we are. And two, um, I think they're doing this cause uh, because it is a lane. You know, they're doing it because it is a lane. But so I'm not gonna knock them. I, I say that because Detroit and what the, the market in Detroit demands, it, I mean, let me be a little taste right now and just be uncut. Detroit, for the most part, black Detroit likes to eat bullshit. Facts. They like to eat soul food. Yeah. And when I say bullshit, I mean, again, it's a lane for it, but black Detroit likes to eat simple All that shit fried, bro. Yeah. Hey, you saw the fried fried glick dogs? Oh, they frying hot dogs now, dog. Like battering and frying the bitches. Disgusting. A fried glizzy. Too crazy. Fried (laughs) glizzy. So Terrence just said he thinks it's a dimmer. So by the way, Chef Terrence, for again for the listeners, Chef Terrence, another prominent black chef in the city doing his thing. Me, him, Dom, we're very like in the way that we eat and we dine and we cook and we create. Um, and he said there's a demographic that they're catering to. And Terrence, we 100% agree with you. The problem is when do we when do we try to educate and and get us because here's the problem: we cater to a demographic and we cater to a certain audience. But for how long? Because that same demographic audience, the moment they step into a place that like you, me, or Don will go to, then they start talking about, oh, this is uncomfortable. They don't want us up in here, blah, 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 blah. But then they just ate goddamn fried lobster tail around the corner got, at Nut Nuts Food Truck. Nut Nuts. I got to disagree a little bit, though. I got to disagree a little bit. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because I think the only difference is because we're looking at the Instagram famous shit. If you know, like your Instagram famous, and there's no knock to these guys, but your Instagram famous are like your Durgans, your lobster food truck, mm-hmm. your, you know, your sloppy chops. Like those are your Instagram famous. But there are a lot more black restaurants than people think. Like, you know, um That's true. That's you true. got you got you got your East African spot. Bobad, you got Bobad Ema. Fair. Bobad Fair, you got Ema as a black Ema. But Ema is black owned. Oh yeah, Joe. So I the wrong spot yeah. we're talking about, that is black owned. Really? Yeah, you know, Mike, Mike Ransom, black guy. Nice. Young Village is different. Yeah. You got authentic hey, bacon spots all around the city. To me, it's time. not soul food. Yeah. You got, um, you got, um, man, this Jerkins, you know, it's, it, it, you got a few African, like, it's so, again, and that, I think we are, if you want to be like, even what Max is doing, you know, cool, you know, cool. It's di- you know, it's not your basic soul food. It's not basic soul food, no. I think we are the wave. And, you mm-hmm. know, we just, 
we have to like stop talking about it and just be about it and just be about it. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing because honestly, a lot of that shit, if you want to be serious, soul food has took a decline because we are the, our generation is that agent of change and health. Like you think the yeah. things that we're eating right now, 15 years ago, you couldn't get a black person to eat kale, nothing. 100%. It wasn't turkey chops. Everything hey, was pork chops. Niggas don't even really eat pork like that no more. Niggas don't so, eat pork. Thank God. I don't eat pork. If you want to be for real, I, do that. They, 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 I think we we going to be, and I always think people going to come behind us and do better because that's what we're here for, to be teachers. Mm-hmm. But I think our generation, the youths, the me, the Chris's, the Terrence's, the gay, I think we are that, like now we just got to push we got to do what we have been doing and work together and become a collective. And it's time to push. Time I to think push. your petty cash is like, what we about to do, like the shit like, what we about to do, I think y'all laid the, y'all laid the blueprint. I give y'all, hats up. y'all and a few others, but I think y'all were kind of the one to like, everybody knows Savannah Blue. Yeah. I think, because the, if you want to be, Savannah Blue is so foolish, but I think y'all slow, I think Savannah Blue like, slowly started to pull people away from like, straight soul food. And into Southern Blue Exactly into Southern cuisine, and that's what I mean. No, this is what you want me to touch on. That's what my goal is at, at Petty Cash. Mm-hmm. I gotta tell people, I'm going to. I'm the only difference with me and Savannah Blue is I'm not stuck in a Southern box mm-hmm. because I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not presenting myself as a, any type of restaurant. That's why I'm going modern. Modern America, American. exactly. Because you can't put me in a box. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to present dishes that I like and make them to what my vision is because people lose sight of what chefs really are. We're really artists. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is art. Like we, the, 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 the way we think and the way we present things we was like, like Mac and cheese, right? Mac and cheese is, is there's a few things that you need to make Mac and cheese. You need the noodles, you need the, the cheese, you need some type of cream base. But other than that, it's a, it's, it's a vessel for whatever you want to do. You got smoked right. Mac and cheese. You got six cheese mac and cheese. You got fried mac and cheese balls. You can make that thing whatever you want to, your vision. So at Petty Cash, what we want to do and what Tay has been doing with this collective is we want to present things that you some weight you may know. You're somewhat familiar with it, but present it so different. Like my shrimp and grits, for example, right? My shrimp and grits is a a fried polenta. Polenta and grits are in the same boat, just a different grind. I'm frying, I'm taking my grit, cooking it, cooling it, cutting it, frying it, serving it with a smoked Gouda sauce. Fire. Like, that sound delicious. Oh, the shit is fire. The shit is out of control. <laughs> like, so it's like, okay, I, I recognize that. And what I want to do is I want to gain trust in the community. When we, that first menu, I'm coming, like, coming heat. different. That's I'm coming like different. I'm coming heat. Taste but as time goes on, I want to gain your trust and I'm going to pull that rug from underneath you to the point Fuck it. I trust Dom. I trust Tay. Mm-hmm. So if he tell me that octopus is goddamn good, it's good. It's gotta be good. It's gotta be good. Yep. Dom, and that's so- a, that's a, that's that's all great. I mean, I mean to cut you up. That's you hitting on all the all the points, bro. You're hitting on all the fucking points. And I think what it comes down to us, Tay, and I want to, like I was telling the partners, this is what I want to do with Petty Cash Instagram pages. All right, now, like they were saying, this is this this is kind of O2. They want to be educated. Those two guys, however they explained it, I, the summary I took from that is, look, dude, we just want to be fucking educated. Mm-hmm. So with that point being said, it's our point to go on these Instagram, like part of Petty Cash is I want to drop two per month where 
we're doing like front of house and the back of house where Lee is educating on something when it comes to front of house service and why we do this. Maybe we'll talk about automatic gratuity and explain it to people so they can have insight and they can have empathy on, hey. Why they're doing it. Yeah, a server shouldn't have a choice to whether they're going to get paid or not. If they're doing their job, they should automatically get paid. Yes, you should get good service, but it's shitty to think, hey, I'm going to do this job, and if this person is having a bad day, I might not make any money. That's a shit feeling. Absolutely. So, so assumption, bro, um, because we we had about an hour 40 on the episode, so I kind of want to wrap. I want to wrap, and I don't want to hold you all night. I know we're having a good time. We're having a great conversation, but assumption, um, I think a biggest the biggest part to this this educational gap that needs to be bridged is that we as young black culinarians, black restaurateurs, and just black people in general, we need to take we need to take the fucking baton and give our people the what to the why, and and that's kind of where where I want to I want to sum this up and I want to end this on a positive note and we talk our shit. And Joe, Absolutely. you enjoy yourself at Red Lobster, Ralph's Roll House. Uh, no. <laughs> but no, I think I'm just I'm talking shit. But no, nah, we we appreciate you jumping on here, bro, Absolutely. and giving us your input. But again, like I said, I think the biggest assumption we got from this, from all of this, is that it's our due diligence as black chefs and as black people to not always look black chefs and black restaurateurs, not always look at. What's the wave? What's the what's the quick money grab? But if we're going to consider ourselves true culinarians and true chefs and just people who respect our industry and we want to be in these arenas of these different white counterparty restaurants is we got to do our job to give our people the what to the why. And that's kind of that's kind of where I want to I want to wrap it up. Um, Joe, Ralph, y'all want to give Dom any last quick. Oh, no, I just, uh, if y'all, everybody on the live, if y'all can, if you know any black-owned restaurants, good spots to 100%. grab, shoot them in, shoot them in Tay's DM, or shoot them in, in the live, beard the media, at beard the media, drop them under the post, drop them on the pod, yeah. um, shoot them in the DM, so when we drop this episode, I like to put all those restaurants in those descriptions, um, Chef Dom, if you can, shoot your, uh, your information out there again so people know what you give got going all, on. Give us all your socials, down so people can hear you. And all your contacts. Right. Um, Say it uh, again. You, you broke up. Oh, you got me? Yeah. Ask Chef Dominic Detroit on Instagram. Um, I don't really do anything other than Instagram because Facebook is ass, but you can catch <laughs> sure. me on there. Um, at Petty Cash, we'll be open in the next six to eight weeks. 2050, Liver Noise. Liver Noise and Chippewa. Come check us out. Cook some good food. And I want y'all to know one thing for sure, two things for certain. I may not be a permanent fixture, but I need y'all to know good and goddamn well. Me and Don are gonna be banging in that kitchen on petty cash once or twice. I promise y'all I'm doing a pop up or something over there. Cause they they got heat coming over there. And that's that spot just just before the uh gas station right there, right? Just before you hit seven mile. Not just before. We closer to we closer to eight mile. You know where the liquor store is at? The white liquor store on Chippewa. No, yeah, you closer to you closer to eight mile, my bad. That's eight mile, not seven mile. You closer to eight mile. Yeah. Just be on the right hand side. If you going north towards eight mile, on the right hand side, black building. Yeah, yep, I pass. Back. I pass it out there. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're gonna definitely put we're gonna definitely put the information out there. And like we said, man, please, everybody on the live, tag your favorite black owned restaurants. Um, and we definitely want to make sure we patronize those places. And y'all definitely, definitely, definitely look out for petty cash. 
Chef Dom, thank you, bro, for jumping in, giving us your tutelage, giving us your knowledge. We appreciate you. Absolutely. Uh, Rob, if you want to give Chef Dom one last tidbit. I'm looking at his looking at his IG oh, right okay. now. We might have to do a little little episode at the at the restaurant. That's what we're talking about. We're gonna definitely do all of that. Rock and Lamb meatballs he got on here looking fire. Oh yeah, no, Dom Dom the colors. Dom the colors. He's right there. I just recreated his vision. That's what that was my boy recipe. <laughs> yeah, we put that together at the highest. That shit was hard. All right, Dom, I ain't gonna hold you, Brody man. We appreciate all you, bro. Right, bro. Always a pleasure. Hey, you know we gotta get together. Oh, for the record, real quick, while I got the whole audience here. Me and Dom, we do couples cooking classes. So we recently started doing. Oh, y'all some freaky niggas. Couples, not man, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm talking shit. Freaky, hey, freaky. I'm talking hey. shit. Oh, y'all niggas, it's more neat. No, look. <laughs> so me and Dom, we host couples cooking classes. So we literally take, you know, anywhere from two couples to five couples. Um, My book, y'all, for this cabin trip. And we do, we do cabin trips. We do you know, Airbnbs or what have you. And what we do, basically, we split the couples. So I'll take a group, down takes a group. We literally do, I do a dish. He does a dish, like an entree, right? I teach my group how to do an entree. Usually we do a fish and a meat or what have you. And um, usually we each do an appetizer and or a salad. And then we come together and me and Dom personally create the dessert while the couples are having dinner and enjoying dinner. And while you're enjoying dinner and while you're having dinner, Everything you cook is paired with a different wine. So we pair the wines. We give you knowledge of the wines. Um, it's all sommelier driven with the wine pairings. So very valuable, very uh, upscale experience. So um, and we are open right now for Valentine's Day booking. So, so and that's what exactly where I'm be for the week three four days. I'm be up Traverse City. Let's least we said we travel. Yeah, I mean, long as that bag coming with it, we're going to jump on a plane and we're going to get where we got to go. Okay, we're going to break your bitch down and bring it back to you. Not to <laughs> on some real shit, me and Don. Like I said, we got some shit coming for y'all. And um, so, yeah, Don, appreciate you, bro. I wish I had a, a mic drop to give round of applause, but appreciate you, bro. You be easy. We can insert it. All right, man. Y'all be smooth. All right, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. But yeah, sure. fellas, so. Yeah, you just hit hit the end on yeah. Yes. Yep. So we gonna wrap this episode up, fellas. Good episode, knowledgeable episode. Um, booty e mean wingman. What you got in the can, man? So one thing for sure. When I go to Tay Restaurant, I know I ain't getting the breakdown of the menu. <laughs> no, you getting that breakdown. You're getting that breakdown. Tay so gonna be like, get the fuck out of here. No, you getting that breakdown as long as your ass learn how to read, you illiterate motherfucker. But no, 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 what you got coming down the can, Ralph? Anything you want to shoot out there? No, let man, people know. I'm just slow motion. Work podcast home. Work podcast home. Chef Tay, what you got on the pipe? Hey man, like I tell y'all every week, bro. We got Chef Squared Spice Line coming to y'all this year. Um, like I said, we got the couple's cooking classes live right now. Book us for Valentine's Day. And other than that, man, just stay tuned. I got Gourmet Glizzy's coming out this summer, food truck. Gourmet uh, oh, yeah. Glizzy. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned to the Gourmet Glizzy. I'm talking elote dogs with corn and all type of shit on it. I'm talking Cleveland-style Polish boys, barbecue sauce, cold You love them fries. saying that Cleveland oh, Polish boys. Oh, that's the you one. saying that shit for Bruh, Cleveland be, food is okay, trash. Okay, so let me quit with y'all because Joe's a hater, okay, and he <laughs> pat his weed every night. Cajun <laughs> beef sausage dipped in barbecue sauce, slap him on a hoagie, coleslaw, french fries, more barbecue sauce. You're eating that, bro. I'm not touching it. Well, you're a weirdo. Anyway, you grab two glizzies. What you talking you about? You know what I'm trying to tell you? Listen. You said you grabbing two glizzies? You two, a glizzy in each head, Joe. What listen. you thankful for this Pause. year? 
Listen, anyway, what I'm there for? Byron. I'm <laughs> hey, shout out to conservative Bernie, a.k.a. my nigga, Business Day. We miss you, brother. Get well. This is Bearded Point of View Podcast. Thank you for listening. We did it. We did it, Joe. <laughs>